0: Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode of our podcast. You're gonna hear from Todd Gongwer. He's a successful businessman, former coach, speaker, and author of the book Lead for God's sake. I can't wait for you to hear the story behind the book and the impact that it's had on lives all across the country. He's married, they have three kids, but more than that, just an incredible man of God passion for Jesus and making Jesus know through the platform that God has given him. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Todd.
1: Hey, Stuart, thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: You bet. So, I like to start these off just so the listeners kind of get an idea of who you are. So, tell us a little bit about um where you grew up, maybe a little bit about your family growing up and your family today.
1: So, yeah, so I I grew up in a um, small Midwestern town, northern Indiana, actually, and a family of four boys. So lots of competition early on, crazy times. Um, Grandfather had started a family business and father had kind of built it. So was working in the family business and in and around the business world for as long as I can remember. Um, Loved the business world, too, and then also um, passionate about sports. About it, really every sport while I was young, and then as I got a little older, um, maybe it was the Hoosier state that got to me. But I kind of developed a little bit of a special passion for basketball. Um, played that as long as I could, and all the way up to being a scrub walk-on down at Florida Southern, and then um, and then eventually was able to be an assistant college basketball coach for a uh, an NAIA school up here. And then um, that was in the '90s, and at the same time, I was also um, was also able to, because I was in an AI school and I was assistant, had to keep my day job. So really the cool thing in hindsight, especially is running parallel in both the business and sports world. I did that for a dozen years and uh, that was a really, really taxing of course, because it was long, long mm-hmm. hours, but incredibly, um, equipping for what I, you know, what I do now. And, and, you know, even during that time I became just obsessed was studying leadership out of necessity more than anything else. I was building a, you know a team hiring people and putting a team together and kind of the restaurant franchise business on one side and then at the same time um, you know trying to help build the team and, and strengthen the dynamic uh, of our team in the sports world. So those two things as I as I read read more wrote more eventually walked away from sports full-time coaching because I wanted to coach my kids and actually took a role with a CEO helping them of about a $250 million company and um, led the leadership and cultural development process through the, there. And then um, everything was just went phenomenally. And we were actually bought by our largest competitor, which was a public company. And that CEO then had uh, me working directly with him to continue that process with a public company. So you know, kind of the gamut in the business world and lots of, you know, from a from a player to a coach in um, and even in, in uh, youth sports in the coaching world. So uh, I guess a broad range of perspectives. I have a I have a 20 year old now. I have a, a, a 16. You know, my son's 20. My daughter is 16. She's a sophomore. And then we adopted a little boy from Haiti who's now nine years old. So wow. been married um coming up on 26 years this year so that's it man and and then that's awesome 10, 10 years ago I wrote the book and the last 10 years have just been you know my, my my decade from 40 to 50 was nothing short of adventurous and amazing and crazy and hard too of course but but uh really really cool blessing along the way
0: that's awesome. And we'll talk about the book here in a moment, but i want to ask you um, about your faith, you know, being a faith-based podcast, kind of lay that foundation as well. Um, at what point did you make that decision to make it a, a personal relationship with Jesus?
1: Well, I grew up in a Christian home. And um, so, you know, I was five years old and I remember praying that prayer, um, you know, with my mom way back in the day uh, in my bedroom. But you know, my journey, uh, probably not unlike most people, I think we, we go through, it's, it's kind of a, I I always equate it to a a, a stock on, you know, in the stock market, it's, there's definitely ups and downs throughout the course of your life. And you hope and pray that um, if you're truly, I mean, if you're genuinely made a decision to pursue him, making more of your life, then that trend should be trending upward (laughs) in terms of your relationship with Christ. And so, you know, I, there, there was definitely um, downward times, but the trend, thank, I'm thankful looking back on my life that I feel like the trend overall was, was upward. And I had some kind of life-changing experiences at 14, at uh, 20, and then again at like 32, that really I feel like those were kind of key points where I felt like God kind of called me to a deeper level of relationship with him, especially at 32, where he really took me through a process of understanding, you know purpose and why, and not just the why in our pursuits um, and all the secondary things that everybody focuses on, but the why of our relationship with him and with those that he puts in our life. And so that was 32, 33 years old. And that kind of started the journey that I'm on today. Always, a you know, our relationship is always a, a work in process. I mean, I'm not near where I need to be. Um, but I'm thankful for God's grace uh, through this journey, for sure. So
0: That's awesome. I love that. I mean, that's a, such a story that I think resonates with a lot of people that grow up in the church. You make this decision at a young age, but then you truly kind of grasp it. You know, it becomes more personal, I think, as you get older. For me, the same thing. I was 15. You know, you mentioned yeah. age 14. I was 15 when it just became a little more real and then, yeah. you know, had those significant milestones along the way. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. So you, uh, you know, we mentioned a book it's called lead for God's sake. So talk about, you know, why this book and, you know, what, what happened in life that just you felt this calling to start writing that book?
1: Yeah. So I was really, <clears throat> this was not a, um, you know, I, when I, when I mentioned the the 32, 33 year old, um, kind of crisis moment of deep, deep change, um that was where I went through you know up until that point in my life I was all about pursuing my passions and it was all about success climbing the ladder proving to others I could do gaining affirmations building my file you know whatever it was money treasures you know going after successes and um or the other side of that was really running from fears you know fear of failure fear of letting people down or different things like that and and not being enough, whatever. And so that moment kind of changed me. And I mentioned a little while ago, kind of changed my why and opened my eyes to, hey, everything you do needs to be about, you know, built on this foundation of purpose and relationships. And so. At that at that age, I really went through a surrender time where it was like, God, you know what? I'm gonna be the best that I can be in my life and I'm gonna pursue whatever you've put in front of me. But quite frankly, I'm done defining what that is on my, you know, from my passions and my selfish mm-hmm. wants and desires in life. Wherever you take me, I'm going. And I'm gonna go after it every, with everything I have. And so that started the time, and actually that was a seven-year period until. You know, I had been reading and I'd started to write more about leadership and then, you know, moving into that company that I mentioned to you, really putting those things, those principles into play and having people come back to me continuously going, wow, these are really, these things are impacting our hearts. You need to write about these things, leading all the way up to the season where I I had the time to write and felt that my heart was ready. And I felt this call. I felt like God had laid the title on my heart. I laid out an outline step one, step two, step three. And this is going to be, it was my cultural transformation design that I've seen work multiple times. And, and, um, so I had all these steps laid out in this outline and I struggled for weeks trying to get a normal leadership book to come out and nothing happened. And it was just mm. terrible. Everything I was writing was bad and felt clearly God calling start over with a short story. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to write fiction. You know, I've never done it. Don't read a lot of fiction. How do I, you know, but that was the call clearly. So I didn't really have the plot or the characters or anything. I had a few ideas and I thought, okay, here we go. It's going to be a coach. And I remember, Lee, for God's sake, said Coach Rocker. And this story of passion and purpose and relationships and the struggle in our pursuits in life of success, you know, that we're pursuing at the expense of all the most important things in life, all of these things just poured out every time I sat down and, you know, as I got two thirds of the way through that story, it was very clear that I was not driving this, sh- you know, I was not driving the ship, so to speak. And, um, and so I remember telling my wife, I was like, Oh my God, you know, like this thing, this story is amazing. And I wasn't saying that as a, Oh my gosh, I'm amazing. I was saying it amazed at the fact that, wow, this has, this is coming from, Somewhere way bigger than me, and mm. this is going to really impact a lot of people. And and you know, it, it obviously, as it started to get out there, and it started to organically get in the hands of so many high-profile coaches and CEOs and all these people, and I started getting all this mail back and emails, and you know, it just became really, really clear that it was like, you're right, it, this thing is way bigger than you, Todd. And so just. You know, keep trying to walk obediently. Don't get in the way. um, Don't screw it up. So that's, you know, that's really what I've tried to do um, along the way with the story.
0: And without giving away, you know, the whole story, is there a way to, you know, kind of give the listeners just a a little glimpse of that story you talk about? Because I know for me, I recently read it um, in the last couple months and it was a book and I'm not a reader. I don't read fiction like you. I don't even ashamed that I don't read enough, but it's a story that was emotional at times. I fought back tears, parts of it. Um, and, but it just, it sucked me in and I, I think I read it in record time. And, you know, I, another friend I was talking to said he's reading it the third time, um, kind of through the, a different lens of one of the di- characters. So I was just wondering if you just give the list, just a, somehow, without giving it away a glimpse?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, naturally, the, the, the key characters are, it's a coach, it's a CEO, and it's, you know, a wise janitor. Now, when I share that with people, I'm always careful to say, now, look, that sounds like the most cliche-ish thing any, anyone could ever write. <laughs> oh, boy, I know where this is going, the wise old, you know, and it's like, I always tell people, I'm like, just talk to somebody that's read it. Don't talk to the author. The author always thinks that, you know. I said, talk to somebody that's read it. Trust me, it's not what you think. Mm-hmm. And so I would just tell you, I can't. I, you know, the, the couple of things as I get that I get back from people. Um, first of all, it's a story about relationships, pursuits, struggles, um, purpose, and leadership, influence. You know why we do what we do, why we're here on this earth. That most people. In some way, shape or form, they can relate to one or more of those characters, Mm -hmm. whether it's a spouse, one of the, you know, the husband, wife, whether it's the coach, whether it's an athlete, whether it's the CEO, it's, there's a, the way the characters play out, they can find how it relates to them. So I have people... That are bus drivers, that are janitors, mm-hmm. that are um, school teachers, that are principals, that are CEOs, that are managers, that are line workers, that are, because the message is about you know why we any of us do what we do, and the fact that any of us and all of us in fact can live out our purpose wherever we are, mm-hmm. and so you know people the, the comments I get back most often are man taught it just meets you wherever you are. And it just, Mm. it hits your heart and whatever that heart needs, you know, the mess when I, when I, you know, when I like guys like Dabo Sweeney or Tony Bennett, I mean, when I first talked to those guys, those are the guys that come to me and are like, man, like Dabo's like, man, that book hit me. That was exactly that. That, that's exactly what I try to do. And that, you know, that is me. And they, you know, and it is like, that is so he is all the good part, like with a coach, Toward the that's end, true. when the coach finally opens his eyes, that's who Dabo Sweeney is. He gets it. And same with Tony Bennett. Like, you know, a much more subdued mentality, but you know, Tony's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you know, like this thing hit me right, you know, like this is exactly what I'm trying to, you know. And then there's other coaches that are at a different place in their journey. And those are the coaches in a lot of cases that have come to me and have been like, like this thing really rocked my world Todd like how did you write like i'm i'm reeling you know i'm reeling from this cuz emotionally it hit me i tell people all the time you know who did you write it about Todd i said i wrote it about 99% of anybody that's ever coached mm. you know, because i think if you've been a coach at any level you have battled the things that are talked about and in fact if you're if you are in any role in society where you're pursuing trying to advance at all and be your best, you can relate to the challenges of keeping things in proper perspective. So that's, you know, that's the, I guess that's the gist of how I would describe it. I know it's probably a longer answer than you wanted, but that's a whole hodgepodge of, of kind of what I get back from folks. No,
0: and you're right. I mean, when you when you mention I've had that same conversation with people when I they ask me, "Well, tell me just a little bit about the book before I go get it." You know, so I kind of lay out the characters and I kind of get the eye roll, you know, with the wise old janitor comment like, "Oh, I know where this is going." I, yeah, and oh, I I have totally. to take a step, in? you know, and I'm like, "Look, Trust me, read it. It's not what you're thinking, right? It may end kind of like you're thinking it's going to end, but you have to walk through the whole thing. And so a a friend of mine that I mentioned was reading it uh, for the third time said, you know, this time he was reading it through the lens of the janitor. You know, the first time he identified with the coach because he is a young coach. And so, and I thought that was a pretty cool perspective to reread it, you know, through a different lens because, yeah, yeah. It's funny that that you said that because every I cannot I bet every time I've mentioned the book to somebody and they ask and I tell them I get the eye roll.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. I, and I did. That's why I say <laughs> the funny. The funny thing is because you mentioned like the guy oh, I know where this because I've had people read four or five chapters and come back to me and go Ah, you know this is it's great stuff, Todd, but I, I think I know where it's going. And I'll go. Well, that's interesting because I didn't know where it was going when I was writing it at that point. <laughs> so just hang on because I don't think you do know where it's going, even though, you know, it's so, yeah, it's it's been really it's been really cool. It's been really cool to obviously see the response, hear the responses and again, give credit where credit's due. I mean, I didn't I don't have I mean, I just I can't take credit for the how that thing how piercing it can be to the heart that's right um, there's just no way and so you know I, I always challenge love to challenge folks to read it because I'm like you know that voice that you hear when you're reading it that voice that you hear speaking to you trust me it's not taught mm. so you better listen clearly to it. <laughs> you better listen to it I'm just clearly. the guy that might hand it to you we're to, you know I'm running around but trust me so
0: and you've talked about, I mean, you mentioned a couple of coaches, but I mean, clearly the, this book has, has impacted many across the country. So, you know, and, and guys reach out to you and, and you obviously can't meet with them weekly like Joe in the book did with this coach. So what does it look like when these coaches contact you? How do you walk them through at least getting started through some type of transformation?
1: Yeah. So usually um, <clears throat> it's it's really interesting because um, there have been some that reach out to me and they're like, Hey man, you got to come, you got to spend time with my team. You got to spend time with my staff. And, you know, a couple of things that I've adjusted and learned over the years is I don't go in anymore and speak to team. I mean, I'll still come and speak to teams, but I, one of the requirements I have, like, I will not speak to a team unless they allow me to speak with the staff first. Mm. And I do that because I specifically, I tell the coach and even if it's, you know, it's typically the head coach, I'm like, listen, you know, it's, you may have read this, you can love this, but, but you understand that the stuff that I'm going to talk about is fairly deep emotional stuff. And if your staff isn't aligned with you, and I had this experience, you'll get eye rolls in the audience of your kids mm. And you can see it in the kid's posture and body language like, you know, oh, this is real nice stuff, Todd. Too bad, you know, my, my offensive coordinator doesn't have a clue about any of this stuff. And he kills us every day in practice when he's, you know. And I say kill. I'm not talking about being tough, by the way, because there's a right. time to be. I'm talking about disrespectful, demeaning, and mm-hmm. just completely out of control. That's, you know, there's just right. no, to me. We, we want our, we always are t- telling the kids, be respectful, be on time, be committed, be under control, man. If a ref makes a bad call, if the kid pushes you, be under control. And then yet, what are we modeling? You know, are we modeling the same behavior? You know, so, so those are the things that I think are really important, um, you know, when I come in and then, you know, to a lot of the coaches, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, maybe a couple of uh, an initial visit with a few follow-up visits that I'll work with the team. I'll work with the staff. And, um, you know, that's really what we're moving toward a lot more often where there's extensive work. And there's actually, I'm with, I'm with the team for a whole season where, you know, I'm with the coach and one-on-ones periodically and I'm with with the staff periodically trying to help them, you know, more solidify the foundation that they want to build as a staff And then with the team and with the team leaders and really try to serve as a liaison, you know, the head coaches, especially. Um, And in in high school, it's like this, but in college, it's really, really like this. It is a lonely spot when you're running Mm -hmm. a couple hundred million dollar budget business funding the, a huge percentage of the athletic department. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so you have the administration on one hand, you have your boss, you have your maybe a secondary boss. That's kind of your boss. You have the alumni, you have the media, you have your staff, you have, I mean, like, you're kind of in the middle of this crazy world. And so a lot of times what I end up doing is, and this is what I do is I've done with CEOs for years, but I'm starting to do this more with head coaches is just really serve as that kind of confidant, that Joe Mm. confidant where there's periodic times where we get together may call on a phone, maybe a Zoom call, and then also periodic visits where we can just sit down and talk about anything. How mm. are you doing, man? How are you balancing here? Where are the challenge points that you're seeing? How can I help you with staff or help you with the athletes? And so it works a lot of different ways, but that's, that's my preference because I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a relationship guy. And I just, I just would rather, I really, really prefer a genuine Deep relationship, you know, working relationship, than just coming in and trying to, you know, be a motivational speaker. Nothing wrong with that, but I just I'm more of a somebody who likes to to really help go deep into the heart. So,
0: well, I love that because it's actually it's modeling the book. Yeah, I mean, it's That's modeling Joe from the book, right? I mean, right. being that confidant, um, yeah. which you know, you you said something I think is so true that those guys, it's so much pressure. Um, you know now even at the high school level too with the money is getting bigger
1: yeah. you know
0: so you know it is it I can imagine it's very lonely that's yeah. good totally. totally, and we mentioned before we started recording that um, a lot of our listeners are, are coaches many at the high school level so you know what's uh, one or two things you would say to them just to encourage them in leadership
1: yeah so um, you know I, I feel like Today, one of the biggest challenges, anyways, that coaches are faced with is this: um, you know, all of the noise from our outside culture that's coming in, and we're really, we're really at a time. And in, in the last five years, this has ramped up significantly. You know, to a large extent, due to this this thing, this cell phone. Um, mm. Because in the past, cultural influences, we could we could access those cultural influences but we, there was more of a separation. We had to sit down to watch a movie. We had to sit down to play a video game. Mm. We had to sit down, um, you know, for me, I, at least I still had to carry the Walkman If I wanted to take my music with me, you know, I get it. All of those things are in our pocket. Now mm. we can do any of those things. And what happens is, is now, whereas you were competing against cultural influences that may have been you know, a few hours a day, you've moved from that to, you know, the better part of, you know, two thirds of the day. I mean, every, every minute that they're off of that playing field or off of that basketball court or tennis court or whatever, every minute that they're away from you, there's the opportunity for cultural influences. And then on top of that, the social network influences that are taking place are, you know, in a lot of cases, catastrophic too. So The challenge there is that, you know, it's never been more uh, important, I believe, to number one, be more intentional and genuinely connecting with the kids, carving out time to genuinely connect with the kids and help them genuinely connect and build relationships with one another. I I just, if I was coaching today, if I was a high school coach today, and I know you guys are limited on time, I'm telling you. I would spend I would spend twenty to thirty percent. I know you guys are gonna be a ton out there rolling their eyes at this. Um, I might just I might just retire from what I'm doing in a couple of years just to just to prove that I'm brave enough to do it, but I would spend probably twenty to thirty percent of my time on specific relationship cultural team dynamic stuff. Wow, because. Your schemes and and you know the things that you're running, the things that you're trying to get the kids to, you know the conditioning that you're doing. Those things are all great. The, those are the skill set, mindset type related things. But every ninety percent of the issues and ninety percent of the the ceiling specifics that you're going to hit are going to be directly related to heart related issues. And um, you know that's where the things that i do with teams and staff now i mean like i tell coaches right away is hey if you you know i mean i get it but i just understand if i my when i come in to work with the staff or work with a team it, it, if we can't get to the heart man i mean like and the mindset stuff is important too it's like it's like two sprockets on a bike skill set mindset they're rolling together but you can't just pay attention to one without the other because you know a kid that's consistently showing up late, that is a lack of self-discipline, that is a lack, there's also a selfishness about it. That's a heart issue. Mm. A kid that's fighting with his teammates or has a quick trigger, a kid that's prideful, it's always me, 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 me. I mean, that's not mindset. If it was mindset, you could tell a kid, hey, hey, you're selfish, stop being selfish. That's right. He'd say, Oh, okay, now I know. Right. You just gave me this in my mind. Now I know I won't be selfish anymore. Thanks coach. Doesn't work that way. Heart's Mm -hmm. different and that takes time. That's depth. And so, you know, that's a, that's my encouragement to coaches, man, you got to engage and you got to engage. And the other part of that is before you do that, do a, do a gut check and I should say maybe a heart check yourself because if you don't, if you don't genuinely care about the kids, And I mean, I've never met a coach that said, hey, I don't genuinely care about the kids. I'm going to tell you, I've watched a lot of coaches that their care for the kids is way down the priority list. Mm. They may not say it. In fact, they'll never say it to you. But you can tell them how they respond, time that they spend, what their focus is on, what they're thinking about. I mean, like it's a tough one. So you have to, I think if you're going to genuinely connect and build those relationships and that dynamic, it has to be real in you first.
0: I love that. I mean, cause I think, you know, as a parent of kids that are in athletics, I mean, they, I think they long for that relationship with the coach. Yes. Over X's and O's. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You know, and It's so,
0: harder.
1: it's harder. To, yeah. I mean, the bottom is. line is it's just, you cannot do what you could do 10 years ago even right you you just can't because there's too many things pulling it away
0: so that's good stuff how do you how do you balance all this with being a husband and a dad
1: oh man Stuart, you have to ask me that one that's a (laughs) uh, um that's a great that's a great question i just um i pray for a for a, a pandemic every few years. And that way I'll be home off the road. No, no. <laughs> you shouldn't be careful not to put that out there. I'll get I'll <laughs> money on that one. I, I'm kidding. I'm completely kidding. So that's, no, right. uh, that's been the toughest part of the journey by far, um, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I, I've really learned over the years that, you know, even when I started this journey, I can just, I'll be completely honest. It's been really, really hard because, I have not traveled as much as I could and I have not taken everything that I could have taken in terms of opportunities. And, um, on the flip side of that, even when my son was in junior high and high school because he loved basketball, was just a really, really, you know, solid little basketball player. Um, I spent a ton of time coaching him and his buddies and I spent a ton of time with him and, you know, with his friends doing that. And, and, um, you know, as I coached him, as long as he and his friends wanted me to, you know, we got into high school and I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore, buddy. And we did it for one year. And he and a group of them were like, we want you to coach, man. We want you to, and I, and I love the kids. I, I hope to be able to be that dad that wasn't, you know, that, that genuinely loved all those kids. And I think they had a, a great experience to that. And so I've always, you know, I've I've carved time out for those things and Mm -hmm. and prioritize that. And it's like I said, it's come at the expense of building the platform that I may have right now. It's come at the financial expense. No doubt. This has been Mm -hmm. a hard journey, Um, but I'm pretty close to all my kids and I, I I hope and pray that I can continue, you know, can continue that balance and just, you know, I, I I operate by the six months to live rule. Um, I had some, you know, a couple bouts with some sicknesses years ago and, uh, you know, feel like God really just opened my eyes to the importance during those times of, you know, any one of us could get the news at any point. And so when I take events and I take jobs and I travel, I always try to go, okay, if I had six months to live, would I do this? Mm. And, um, you know, none of us can, we wouldn't make any of those decisions if we knew we were going to die tomorrow. So you can't live like you're going to die tomorrow, contrary to, that's a popular saying, you know, but, but six months, you'd still go out and pour into other people and you'd still build those. And then that goes back to what I was saying about, I'm more about, I would prefer to be about relationships and more depth. And so, yeah. So that's kind of right. good.
0: No, that's good. I, I, and I, I like what you said. I mean, it, 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 takes sacrifice, um, and that you've had to personally sacrifice, um, yeah. platform, in a way business for, yep. for family. And no that's doubt. huge. No doubt. That's huge. And that's a, that's an encouragement, you know, to, to especially a lot of guys, you know, because it's easy to focus on what we do, you know, and then kind of leave behind the, the family. So that's, yep. no, that's, yep. that, that's very good. A good yep. word. Okay. Um, a lot of people have, you know, a favorite verse or a life verse. I was curious if you had one that you'd share or is there one that, you know, God's shown you recently that you'd share?
1: Uh, Well, which do you want? I got both of those, man. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll give you both of them really quick. I'll I'll just tell you that um, kind of a life verse that I feel like God kind of really reminded me of and kind of seared into my heart was Colossians 2, 2, and 3. And it came at a time where I was struggling Um, I'd lost a little bit of focus on why I was doing what I was doing in the NIV version of that verse. It's Paul talking about, he he basically leads and he says, my purpose. And Mm. so I think that's why it probably caught my eye at the time, but he says, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in hearts and united in love that they may have the full riches of complete understanding of Christ Jesus in whom all treasures of wisdom, wisdom and knowledge are hidden. I mean, like that was a reminder to me at a tough time, like Todd, this is why you do what you do encouraging hearts and uniting in love and i, I try to live by that with all, in all that i do um as of late would be more philippians 4 the entire chapter is what i recommend but philippians 4 6 and 7 are you know that do not do be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving mm. bring your requests to god and uh and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I, I think that one is so appropriate for the times we're in because, um, and I've had tremendous peace in the last two months, even though my, I tell people all the time, you know, my business is a lot like a restaurant except for my drive throughs is free. Um, so, and, and what I mean by that is my, I had to close my restaurant. I can't get out and speak anymore. And my drive through is my zoom calls and my podcasts and my, you know, but it's free. <laughs> so it's not helping me put food on the table. So it was a scary, it was a really scary time, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the beginning, but it's one of those things where God really, you know, I have just a tremendous peace in how he's, re- you know, how he's led this journey over the last 10 years. And I have a piece how he's going to continue to lead, you know, throughout. So I'm not worried about it. And I've, you know, really learned to cling to that scripture and, I recommend it to athletes because there's so much all the way. Every athlete knows Philippians 4 13. That's right. All things to Christ. Very few of them know what comes before that. My challenge to the athletes that might be out there and the coaches who might love that scripture is take some time and meditate on the, on the previous 10 scriptures
0: Mm. because those
1: are powerful, powerful lessons in those. Um, that I won't get into today but that's my
0: yeah, yeah we could talk a long time on that, that right I, and I, and I love that um you know those couple of verses in Philippians 4 because of it's easy to be anxious but that at the at the very end it's with thanksgiving right. you know and just having that thankful heart and gratitude is uh is convicting
1: yeah that's right when i read that so
0: so i like to close this out with um this last question um two words in sports all in i mean we don't have to talk about what it is it's it's very clear but it's also you know when jesus is calling his disciples and is you know is telling us that you know if we're going to claim to be a follower of his then we need to be all in we got to deny ourself, carry our cross. So, you know, just from a practical sense, Todd, what does that look like on a daily basis to be all in, in your walk with Christ?
1: Well, I, I mean, and I I love that, uh, obviously, but I I would, I would tell you that for me, um, you know, we're at a time especially where, you know, I think there's a huge number of what I used to call like, and and I used to, in my own life be the same, similar, you know, same way, kind of a corner Christian, like give me my corner, Mm -hmm. I just want my ticket. So I don't go to hell. That's it. You know, and And, um, it's, I really don't believe that's our call. When you read through the gospels, you read through, you know, Jesus's teachings and even Paul and everybody else. I mean, like, there's so much on, you know, how we live, how we walk and how we love those around us. And I just think that when I think of all in, I think of, you know, the foundation going back to the foundation of purpose of why are you here on this earth? If you, if you truly have committed your life to that call to say, Hey, I want to be a follower there. Then at this very same time, you're committing to live from the foundation of that purpose, which is all about people. And it means that no matter where you are in life, you have the opportunity to be that light to those people that God has put in your path and to not pursue the fun things that we like often like to say. And it's not saying that there's not fun parts to it, but don't ever let our passions For all these other, you know, fame and fortune and, and, you know, success, any of these things that are all fine and well, but don't let our pursuits of those things ever come at the expense, Mm. be in the light that we're supposed to be right here, right now, every single day. That's all in. That's, that's the person that I can't stand the way they think or believe the person that's absolutely blinded. I could I could hold up a piece of paper a white piece of paper and say, this is white. And they would look at it and go, "No, I, it's purple." Listen, <laughs> there's a blindness. There is a blindness. If you read through Romans and in a lot of other chapters of the Bible, you will see this pattern of hard hearts that ultimately mm. leads to blindness. And just so you understand, you're never going to argue somebody who's blinded to the truth. That's right. Back into believing your way. The only way is to allow God to do a work in heart. Mm. And 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 our role in that is meeting them where they are through love and being that light to them right where they are and loving them unconditionally, forgiving them unforge- conditionally, And, you know, I mean, I think that's just a huge need, a huge void in society today. That's a big part of being all in is loving people where they are and, um, you know, walking that out. So.
0: Well, again, that is a that's a good that's a good reminder, because in the social media world that we're in right now, um, it's just easier um, or it appears easier to to just argue, you know, and that's and it drives me. It just it just gets under my skin on social media when you see Christian, quote unquote, people that call themselves Christians trying to argue people mm-hmm. in. I'm just I just don't I, I don't comprehend it. It never works. Never.
1: right? I've never seen and I I teach this all the time. I mean, I've never seen anybody in an argument on a social media platform. I mean, what you've done is you've deepened the divide. And what I have noticed is friends of mine that I started to, it it started to be harder for me to even be fond of Mm. people because I started to see their such strong beliefs that maybe i disagreed with coming out and i I had to catch myself and go whoa 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 this is what the enemy wants that's right like this is what the enemy's trying to do he wants us all to focus on the differences and wants to polarize as much as he can because he if he can he seeks to kill steal and destroy he does that through lies deception and division you know and um so yeah i mean i have my opinions just like i know you do i have my that's right I have my strong opinions and I'll stand by till the day I'm um, heading to my grave. But, uh, um, but I also can love people that think completely different than me. And I would welcome a conversation with anyone one-on-one. That's right. That's it. One-on-one, man. Come to my office. Let's go get, let's go grab coffee when this thing's over. You know, let's go talk, man, because that's okay. You think different than me. I, I would love to talk to you about that, but you know, I'm going to love you no matter what anyways. So, you know, that's, that's, I think, our, our call to all in these days. I I did a um I did an article where I talk a little bit about that um, called the things, the two things that haven't changed just a couple of weeks ago. And I would love mm-hmm. if you point people, if you go to any of my social media, if you go to my Twitter or Facebook pages, you can scroll down a little bit and you'll find it where it talks about two things that haven't changed. And it gets into that just a little bit, I think so. i'll put
0: that in the in the notes when we push this out yeah i'd love that um yeah I'll, i'll put a link to that um yeah that's that's good um yeah that whole love piece is something i feel like we all um struggle with as a as a culture right now and um yeah that's that that's a good word and a good encouragement what it means to be all in so and i do appreciate your time um i know um there it is a a crazy time right now. So I appreciate I, I really appreciate you doing this. I know I've been encouraged. I know those that listen as well.
1: I yeah, mean, well I appreciate the opportunity to to be here and to share, man. This was uh this was awesome. I love it. We're we're talking we're talking stuff that I hope can be an encouragement to others, man. So thank you for the opportunity to do that.
0: You bet. Well, thank you again to Todd for taking time to join us today and to share his story, his personal story of faith, but also the story of the book "Lead for God's Sake." And if you have not read the read that book, I, I encourage you to order your copy today. It will change your life forever. Um, just a couple of takeaways from our conversation: it, it was all about relationships and being intentional, whether that's as a husband and a dad or his role as as. Um, a transformational speaker, not a motivational speaker, but transformational. He even talked about that is all about relationships and being intentional. The encouragement to coaches listening to spend 20 to 30 percent of the time on relationship issues and not um, the X's and O's. You know, the, his scripture, you know, he pulled out Colossians 2, Philippians 4, both incredible passages that. Um, I would encourage you to go look up and and read today. But everything should be done in love. So thank you again for listening. Um, I would encourage you to to share this episode with a family member or a friend, someone that needs to be encouraged today. If you're not a regular subscriber to our podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe today, whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Hit the subscribe button. There's over 140 episodes prior to this that will encourage you. And We have a lot more coming. I'm so excited about what's coming. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Type in All In Sports Outreach. Send us a message. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray for us, serve with us, and to give. You can also go to our website and do the same, allinsportsoutreach.org. Thank you again for your support, your encouragement, and your prayers.